one thing my wife continuously told me during this whole journey was, you must be on the journey of something great if you've had to go through so many things and so many people are going to benefit from your gift. Yeah. But you have to make sure that your gift has been truly honed in order for all these people to be blessed by it. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the A Space to Breathe podcast, a podcast for Black men to be free, open, and vulnerable away from the pressures of manhood we find in different aspects of our lives. We are in season three, and this is episode six of the Space to Breathe podcast. And if you remember, we're continuing to do our heal for the series. The first five episodes of this uh, podcast have been so enriching so far. And so we're really excited to continue to talk to some brothers about real stories of their healing and the practical ways in which they are healing in their own lives. Uh, excited for my guest today. Uh, my brother, he goes by brother Charles. <laughs> uh, Charles, great. So glad to have you on today. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, bro. So uh, when we when get, I mean, if you've been listening to, if you've been following me for a while, you know Charles from we did my little mini uh, experience with the podcasting like three years ago. Yeah, we dabble, um, we dabble, we dabble, we dabble. Yeah, yeah. Charles and, and his wife Jasmine were on my little series that I did the summer um, that summer. So if you've been following for a while, you you you're OG and you know Charles. But for those of them that those of you in the audience that don't know him, Charles, will you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you're about where you're from, and uh, end with a quick fun fact about yourself. For sure. Hailing from Alexandria, Virginia. Um, the V in the DMV is Alexandria, Virginia. Please don't, <laughs> please don't listen to um, Licensed therapist, uh, MSW grad. Uh, really just I focus on making sure that mental health is really one of those environments and spaces that people are more knowledgeable about. Um, I really kind of just been in the space for a minute, but really kind of just got my credentials, like not even too long ago. And that's actually like after what, a couple days ago, just became a school social worker too. So I, I'm really so, in yeah. it. So. Yeah. Cool. Fun fact. Oh, fun fact. Uh, I used to do like Taekwondo when I was 13. Oh, and I was yeah, I was like chopping boards and all that good stuff. I used to do that too when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, thought I was like that, and then like if I ever got into it, forgot everything and just, just <laughs> fucking <laughs> like, it Didn't really matter. Sorry, ma. I feel like I wasted y'all's money for real. Oh man! All right, so football or basketball? Basketball right now. College or pro? Pro. Okay. What's your favorite team? I like players more than I like teams. Okay. okay. Coming from Alexandria, you're supposed to like the Wizards, but like they are terrible at putting teams <laughs> together. I like Russell Westbrook, bro. Even when he was breaking everything, like that's still okay. my man. I like his style of play. Super explosive. Okay. Um, I feel like Victor Wembiana, dude, yeah. is too tall to play basketball, and that's the thing. <laughs> like, like my man is seven five. You shouldn't actually be running on those knees for too much longer, bro. He needs right, right. to do something else. Be a, libra- <laughs> be a librarian or something, bro. Like that's not gonna be good for him. Oh man, cool. Um, 
Yeah, so I think, okay, I met you three years ago, four years ago, maybe. So about, I yeah. know you about through four, about four. I know you through your wife. I went to school with Jasmine. Um, but then just really connected with you when we met um, similar interests. And so, uh, yeah, man, really uh, was really excited when y'all got married and really cool. Like, I think we all got married around the same time, too. Definitely. So. I got married the same year we did, actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, we were just talking before the show, and I was like, take your time on the kids. <laughs> take your time on the babies. Which we are. Which we are. Everybody pop them jumps out. It's at that point now where you scroll down the timeline, all yeah. you're seeing is baby bumps. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Y'all must be doing at. all right. Y'all must be doing all right. Y'all ready to go. Uh man. But cool, bro. Let's go ahead and jump in. Um Let's so we go. always start with our check-in. So uh you good, bro? How you feeling today? I'm cool, man. Like I said, just got this um social work gig. Uh I've been therapizing like I have a, a small client a little right now, but it's been a lot of ups and downs to get to this point, and I'm kind of starting to brush through some of the obstacles that I had getting to this point. So I'm starting to be able to put myself in a position where I'm giving myself more pets on the back than anything else. Yeah, that's good, bro. Um, let's see. I'm feeling thoughtful, I guess. Is a, I don't know if that's a feeling, but I will make it a feeling uh, today. Uh, and I think just because I, I mean, I've had, I went to therapy today for the first Word. time in a couple months. I think finding time to go now is really hard. <laughs> and my therapist has, baby. Yeah, my therapist also has weird hours. And so it's just like, got to be intentional about making the time. But I think it was really helpful in um, just helping me sort through some things, a lot of new feelings and a lot of new experiences are coming with fatherhood. But I'm also yeah. also with the transition. So I transitioned away from education and I'm now like full-time student, full-time entrepreneur. So my life is completely different than it was yep. six months ago. <laughs> and so, um yeah, just trying to adjust to that. And it was good to have some space to kind of verbalize those things. But he had some things to say that I'm really pondering on. So, yeah, man, that's where I'm at today. Um, but cool. Let's go ahead and, and get to um, get to the story, man. Um, and so I always start out with this question. Uh, what is something that uh, you are you have healed from or you are currently healing from? Yeah. So like I said, man, this this journey to being a black man in social work, black man in therapy was a real roundabout journey for me. Um, got into the space. My pops passed in 2015, was looking for a black therapist, black male therapist, um, struggled. Right. And this is this is 2017 when I really started looking. So it took me about two years to even like grieve my dad to even do it. And then all of a sudden I'm recognizing like, okay, black men aren't really like prominent in the space. So I ended up with a black woman therapist do that. I'm like, all right, I kind of make a promise to myself that I'm going to be the resource when the time comes, go finish school, start this graduate journey, start at Howard. I'm thinking I'm about to do the MDiv, MSW dual program thing. Um, Administratively it wasn't working. So chalked, MDiv, just focus on MSW. Me and Jazzo get married. We moved to Texas. I was trying to transfer from Howard anyway. Oh. End up at UNT. UNT is like, oh, yeah, you're going to graduate May, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. 
but my credits don't really show that. But like, I'm gonna trust y'all because that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, you feel what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. why should I think that you lying? But turns out they was. So like October of 2021, they're like, oh, you actually gonna have to stay like an extra year. I'm like, no. <laughs> so do do what I gotta do, make something shake, like have them transfer some more credits over from Howard and uh, like a year turns into like an extra six months, right? Uh-huh. Um, but towards the tail end, they're like, all right, you should be able to graduate in the summer. I'm like, cool, just take this one class. I do all of that. It, it was through like an online partner school. All of a sudden, they dropped me from the class. No warning, no nothing. Um, so what turned it from like a summer graduation turned into a fall graduation. Uh-huh. But because they had told me I'm graduating in the summer, me and Jazzo had already put plans in to move to North Carolina. So this past semester, my final semester, I'm flying back and forth from North Carolina to Texas just to finish one class to finish my MSW. <laughs> so fast forward, I, I I finish all of that. Like, it's in the past now. But get you a good partner because everybody's not going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> right. take you to the airport, right, right, and pick you up at midnight when you're flying back in. I got my licensure. I got I got hired at a private agency. I'm I'm working with clients now, and as of just a couple of days ago, um, I'm a school social worker now too. So I'm I'm kind of balancing all these different populations, but I'm finally. Yeah. Like basically like four years later stepping into what I initially wanted to do in the first place. Yeah, man. That's a journey for real. What? Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. So like kind of what was kind of going through your mind like every time like it got delayed or something else, some other obstacle came up? Like what was kind of your thought process? So I, I have a personal relationship with God. That's, that's definitely kind of been my God in like this whole time. And the biggest thing was trying to determine whether or not he was taking me through this journey because he wanted to make sure I really wanted it, right? Or was he was everything so difficult because I wasn't supposed to be doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the balancing act of like, am I stepping into my purpose or am I actually not in alignment with what he wants for my life? And you know, through discussion, right, Be, talking to myself, talking to him, talking to my wife, it's just been like the the consensus has been when you're really stepping into your purpose and who you truly want to be, you want to yeah. make sure that you're fortified, truly fortified in your decision, right? Because when you get to the other side of it, you want to know that there's nothing that you're going to be able to say to me that I haven't done, that I haven't earned it, like anything like that. Like no one can say to me, that I haven't done the work to be in the position that I'm in. Yeah. And and knowing and and now that I'm on the other side of it, like no one can take anything away from it. I almost wear it like a badge of honor, even though yeah. like y'all ain't got to do me like that. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? But it's the duality of it of recognizing like I went through what I went through. So because I I know for a fact I'm supposed to be in this position. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. Um it's interesting, I think that um thinking about this story and like the context of like healing um and like i think oftentimes when we think about moving it moving in purpose and like kind of getting to where we feel like we're called to be um whether by god or whoever we think whoever is like your kind of um worldview um Mm -hmm. i think that 
you think it's going to be like this, like exciting, uh, not necessarily easy, but like it feels no, like easy. Gonna... No, you just yo, it's easy. <laughs> like, no, it should be yeah. easy. What, what yeah. are you going on? <laughs> it feels like it's easy. I feel like it's going to be easy. It's like, oh, I know I'm going to do. Like even now, like I'm thinking about me in this process of becoming a therapist myself, and it's just, it's hard. It's way harder than I thought it was going to be. Not necessarily because the work is hard. It's just like the all the other factors that go and like finding time for work and, and finding time for school and like all this stuff. It's just yes. a lot to balance, and so. It's a lot more difficult than I anticipated. Um, and I think about like how that's interesting when you think about what you expect from purpose and moving in purpose versus like the reality of getting there yeah. um, to, the, to the extent that like, dang, I actually kind of have to heal from <laughs> how difficult that was. Um, so I wonder if you just have any like thoughts about like how like even healing is like embedded within times when you're actually moving in purpose. Yeah, I had to once I once I got through it all, quote unquote, I had to kind of sit with myself and be like, hold on, like you just did something wild. And I had to sit in the fact that what I went through was somewhat traumatic. Like there was several times throughout the journey where the rug was pulled from under me. Right. Where now when people would say like you know call me if you need me or like you can use me as a reference there's a level of almost mistrust that i'm having with people based off of my experience right yeah. and yeah. if i'm trying to be successful especially in a professional sense i have to kind of lead with my best foot forward and anticipate that people are doing the same yeah and in in the work that i'm doing i'm looking at people's personhood right i'm mm-hmm. supposed to be leading with empathy and the journey that I went through almost, if I if I wasn't careful, was going to make me jaded. Mm. Like I had to kind of like take a step back and recognize like, okay, some people didn't navigate this, their role the right way. But you can't just be out here being prejudiced towards folk in the way yeah. that you anticipate them moving. Um, because it wasn't going to allow me to be the best at what I do. Um, so I really had to heal from the hurt that I had. Yeah. really kind of felt and and i'm not the type of person to really admit mm. or allow someone to to think that they hurt me right yeah. I'm, I'm the yeah. type where it's like don't even worry about it bro heavy on that and, and i'm i'm big on i'm big on respect and respect being currency and mm. if i'm not receiving it from you don't even worry about it because you ain't gonna get it from me right Sheesh, yeah. um yeah, but I get that. I get that. <laughs> but like <laughs> But like in the same vein, though, I'm like, hold on, bro. Like you gotta chill a little bit, like, cause you can't. I can't walk into this space where people are trying to heal as well and guide them and be a vessel for them with that journey and be acting like that, or or even be thinking like that. Yeah. Cause I can try to put on a facade and put on the act, like I'm like gonna get you to that point. But if I'm not doing the work myself, it's not gonna work. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, to this point around, like, um acknowledging that you were hurt. Um, that's huge. <laughs> I think men, I know black men specifically, like we don't do that. We don't acknowledge when we've been hurt. It's kind of like they said, like, it's cool. Like it is what it is. Like, it's like, act like, dust, act like we're dusting it off our shoulder, but no, we actually feel away. Uh, no, <laughs> about it. Why do you think it's, why do you think it was important for you to kind of acknowledge, you kind of spoke to a little bit, but like a little bit more, like how do you, why do you think it was important for you to acknowledge that hurt? And then why do you 
think it's do you think it's important for black men specifically um more broadly to like acknowledge that hurt acknowledge when they've been hurt as well absolutely um without saying no names but you know who you are it was a <laughs> black it was a black dude mm-hmm. who was in charge of the program that i was in mm-hmm. that really to me when i look at every, the whole rap sheet of folk who could have moved better he was at the top of the list yeah and for me the the discourse was always for me being the only black man in the space in my classes at my um at my practicum all that stuff all i heard was oh we need more of you we need more black men in the space blah 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 yeah. but what i was seeing was y'all aren't creating an atmosphere that's making it easier for me to step into the space right and remember i said the inception of me doing this was the fact that there wasn't a lot of people who look like me in the space right right so for black men who are struggling to really step into like their potential and things of that nature because they don't want to either get hurt again right or they anticipate that people are going to move crazy you gotta you gotta push that to the side because it will be a hindrance in you actually stepping into where you need to be because i if if i'm looking at it through an empathetic lens how do moves he might have been saying one thing was like, well, it's good as a young brother, but he might have gotten hurt or have been jaded or misconstrued in the way that his process was yeah. that got him to where he was because he was a dean and all that stuff. So I know his journey was probably clunky like mine was. Right. But instead of taking that experience, recognizing the hurt and being intentional about not creating a similar atmosphere for me, all he did was mimic it. Probably because he internalized the way that he was hurt and wore the hurt like a badge. Wow. Right. And then either inadvertently or subconsciously projected that onto me. Yeah. Because in no way, shape, and form was he an aid in my process. He was right. a hindrance. Right. And he was supposed to be a resource and a vessel to get me to the next stop, next step. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So, yeah, man, that's so important because I think that's something that I really started to think about was the ways in which our own healing, our own self-work, like, has impacts. I say, like, it has impacts personally. So, obviously, like, it makes us better people for ourselves. But then, yeah, second, sure. like, it has impacts relationally. So, like, I think about, I typically think about, like, um, my relationship with Adriana, for instance, like mm-hmm. I'm able to relate to my wife better. I'm able to relate to Mia and be a better father to her better. The more I am aware of how I'm doing and I take care of the things that I have issues with within myself. Um, but I think this, this it speaks to what you're saying, too, because it's like he didn't do like the, the hurt that he experienced. And so instead of like then like looking out for you or making sure you were set up for success better or being honest about hey it's gonna take you a lot longer <laughs> like he like right. he kind of projected his own hurt because that hurt wasn't dealt with within himself Definitely. Um, and so i think yeah that, that's that's an interesting perspective man yeah uh, just to him though i hope he healed though yeah hope yeah. he watches the pot <laughs> Maybe just send it to him real quick. I'm saying, but yeah, I'm gonna need this one. <laughs> oh man, you said something else about like um, trust and how when we are hurt, when we are wounded in ways, when we experience traumatic events, um, however the magnitude, like 
it does lead to a level of mistrust. Um, I think for me, mistrust has been probably the most limiting thing that I've experienced um, and that it then reduces my authenticity with others. Uh, it makes me very wary of anything. It increases my anxiety, <laughs> uh, my desire for control, all those things. And so like, how are you working through uh, like more practically, like breaking out of the mistrust that kind of welled up with this situation? You know, Brennan, I'll be honest, man. Um, before we got on, you talking about hopping in therapy and stuff like that. Uh, or maybe it was after you press record, but um, I need to hop back into therapy. Yeah, therapists need therapy too. Yeah. Because that's actually an area that I kind of find myself uh, coming up short a little bit, like twiddling my thumbs when it comes to like best next steps. Mm. Because. If I'm being honest, the way that I've been approaching when you're when you're coming from a season of mistrust, right? You're you're really looking at people's character, like you're yeah. you're analyzing people's character to make sure, like, are you who you say you are? Are you moving right. how you say you're moving? Are you walking what you're talking? Right. And when you're almost over analyzing to in in anticipation of somebody like being untrustworthy. It's not going to take them a lot for them to lose your trust, right? And you could be taking what is a natural misstep of the human condition and elevating it and amplifying it to a moral failure when in reality it wasn't even that deep. And I know for me right now, I'm, I'm struggling with that, right? Where it's like I'm almost in anticipation mode of like, you lying? Yeah. And that's not that's not where I want to operate. So really, the to answer your question, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out the be- the best place to start. Um, and I guess this is a an accountability conversation now because I want to be in a better position where I'm not always looking for the other shoe to drop when it comes to people. Yeah, yeah, that's hard, bro. <laughs> I think it's someone that has felt like hurt by people often whether it is like unmet expectations, projection, whatever, like I'm always like, this is too good to be true. Or when I feel like I let my guard down is when I feel like I get hurt. (laughs) So I think it's just like, I don't know, like that feels, like I said, it feels like very limiting for me. Um, I don't know, man, like what like comes to mind, like even now in our conversation of like, potential like next steps like you said therapy but like what else could it look like i mean don't i don't want to get i don't want to get it wrong when people listen to be like can't hey, trust me um <laughs> it's, it's more so in a professional sense i'll yeah. say right where it's yeah. like anything connected to the journey that i just right. had like it's kind of one plus one but i have solid folk in my corner who are almost like a parameter and kind of like a point of contact oh. and reference for me to where I know that these folk are solid. Like, I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to worry about you wilding or going back on your word because I have friends who go back decades at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and those are my reference points and the people a part of my village who are privy to the entire situation right? To where I, I can make the, the proper comparisons. 
Um, but it, I feel like it really is at the point where we talk about finding wise counsel and connecting yourself to the right people to where it, you can kind of allow yourself to gauge whether or not you're tripping based off of the responses of the people that you trust. So, of course, like my wife is my wisest counsel, my number one counsel. And a lot of times she'll be my main confidant when I'm going through something. And I can be like, yo, like, do you think? And she'll be like, you might just want to give them a second. Versus <laughs> like, but I also know that if she's like, if, if, if her eyebrows perk up, I'm like, oh, all right, bet. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We are. Because we're in alignment more than anybody else. No, that's good. Um, so yeah, that's that's really my main my main thing has always just been seeking wise counsel for when I feel like I might not be I might have some blind spots. No, that's good, bro. I feel that my uh, Adriana is the same way. Like she'd be riding for people a lot more longer than I have, and then she's like, "Brennan, like maybe you should think about it like this," or she's like, "Maybe just give it." And but then when she cuts off, I'm like, "Okay." So bet, yeah. We done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. 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 Yo, if Jazzo says it's, it's, it's clip, it's clip. Like, right. it's nothing more, to, nothing more to consider, bro, at all. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think, I mean, we can touch on this briefly. I wonder, like, kind of where, how do you feel like you kind of mentioned at the beginning around your father passing, like, right before this journey? Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel like that? That has that had any impact or any relation to kind of like this most recent like experience um, and like even like continuing to like heal from that um, so we know like I know grief is cyclical and kind of like oh, for sure. doesn't just end but um, yeah I wonder if those things kind of interacted at all for you definitely I think in the cycle um of grief there's always and as a man as a black man who was raised by a black man a solid black man i think if i'm if i'm being honest and i put on my therapy brain right and try to like oh this is your childhood um (laughs) losing him so i i grew up with my father right my father was in the house he loved my my uh my mother very well i had a wonderful childhood um like literally no notes you feel what i'm saying um, he passed when I was 18 years old. And I always like harp on the fact that I was on the threshold of manhood when he passed away. Right. Yeah. So the majority of my adult life has been me kind of freestyling when it comes yeah. to stepping into my manhood, developing my manhood in my own context. Like I'm a husband now. Like I've had to figure a lot of things out. Mm-hmm. My father was also like the most solid individual in my life. Like he kind of the way his family context was, he was operating in somewhat of a silo when it came to like other men in his life and who he was allowing to help raise me. There was really no assistance needed from him to bring me up. Yeah. Right. So when I lost him, right. Well, when he transitioned, I didn't seek out any other like mentor. Like I wasn't really reaching out to uncles or anything like this. Like, I got the big one, bro. Like, I'm good. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he had done such a good job up until that point where I had a lot to glean from. And I think if I'm connecting the situations that I'm transitioning out of, male authority and like people who are supposed to kind of be in position that I'm supposed to be gleaning from, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. and, and with this situation, with dude who was the dean is like an older brother once again 
you were supposed to step into that role for me a little bit and nothing came from it, right? And I think that I'm probably going to struggle for a long time to even really, like, listen to, like, older brothers. Because it's like, I got it. There was a point in time where I feel like I got everything. Like, I'm, you're not... And if I'm being honest, there's a lot of dudes in my older dudes in my life, whether it be like older adults, like 40 something to like 60 something, where whatever you're telling me, I'm watching your life and it's like, no yeah. shade to you. I don't really want yeah. what you're showing me. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? It, it, like I talked to I talked to our homie Ray a lot of times about like, who am I gleaning from? Like, what are y'all even showing me? I'm married and I like my wife. That's a that's one example. I'm I'm not with the whole ball and chain conversation. I married someone who I can really build with. Yeah. I'm in a I'm in a career where I'm not going to be one of those people who's like I'm not work a workaholic. Like that's not something I want to be. Like I'm yeah. not a super capitalist. Yeah. There's so many different conversations right. that old heads want to bring to the table that I don't even really appreciate, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm losing my dad. I'm like, I don't really know where to take information from to like sharpen who I am, but I know I need to. I'm not ignorant enough to not be coachable. Mm. So it's at the point now where I'm like, I have to find a solid mentor, solid dude who's do who's interested in things that I'm interested in and like has the vision that I that's similar to me and in alignment with me in order for me to transition to the next step. And I know that's what my dad would want from me, yeah. but it's like, where are they at though? You feel what I'm saying? And I and <laughs> if I'm being honest, the conversations that sharpen my, my, my abilities happens with my peers yeah. more so than anybody else. So yeah. it's like, if I can call Brennan, if I can call Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah what I need y'all for. But that's not, but I, I also want to say that like, that's not the complete picture. Right. And I know that that's not the solution either, but the solution hasn't been presented to me yet. Mm. Yeah. You hit something, bro. I think I've definitely felt that frustration too. Um, and I think like, it feels like we're in a generational shift in the way that we view manhood and we view our roles and even like the ways we show up as husbands and fathers and, men of society and workers and things like that we're we're just different mm-hmm. in this generation and i think that it makes it difficult to hear how previous generations do it <laughs> and it's just like that's not what i want to do and i see how it didn't work for you and i see how you're unhappy in this area and i see how your spouse is unhappy like i don't i don't want that <laughs> and it's like um, well, you're not hiding nothing bro i right, see it all right right Right. So I, I feel that, bro. Um, yeah, that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I'm going to have to come back. We have to come bring it back and talk about that. We can do um, part two for sure. <laughs> cool, bro. Um, so where do you want to be in your healing journey a year from now? Healing journey a year from now, I would love to be at a place where um, I'm leading more with trust. Right. Um yeah. I don't I don't believe in in the quote like being gullible. Um there's nothing wrong with genuinely believing that people are naturally trustworthy and not trying to get one over on you. Yeah. Um I would love to just be in a position where I'm surrounded by people who have my best interest at heart and 
I'm operating kind of with a level of freedom because I know those are the people that are behind me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So then, last piece: if you had advice for brother that I think on either round, like they're dealing with like loss um, of a, of a parent, um, and like in this space, especially like I think as of a father, and in this yeah. space where you're like kind of reconstructing like actually just constructing what masculinity and, and as adult as an adult looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I think like there's like a theme around like this kind of like um, the difference between expectation and reality um, and like grieving the reality or grieving the expectation when the reality is different. Um, yeah. And so either one of those, like, what do you think? What advice would you give to uh, other brothers who are kind of in a similar space? Yeah, crazy because I feel like they're connected and one goes into the other. Yeah. Um, when grieving a parent, but especially um, a father, and when you're not, when you feel like you haven't reached your full potential as a man yet, there are so many questions that you continuously have yeah. that will not be answered by him necessarily but as he transitioned so did the responsibility of you defining your manhood transition with it yeah but even if he was here it was still going to be your responsibility to define your own context of manhood and masculinity right regardless of what you came from right because your specific context would always be your specific context. There will be days where, and grief is so weird. There will be days where there's like almost a battery in your back just because you recognize yourself as like legacy, right? And it and it boosts you because it's like, because of the name that you share with him, that's everything that you need to like get through the day and accomplish what you want to accomplish. And then there's days where that same battery turns into a burden where it's like, man, like if he was here, things would be easier. If he was here, I would at least know how to do this better. But there's going to be so many things that go unanswered that you have to answer for yourself. Yeah. Um, And it sucks. (laughs) Like, Grief is one of those things that you do not get over. You learn to live with and get comfortable with. And it ever it changes with you more so than you getting over it. Uh-huh. Um, and I and the way that I counsel people who are, are navigating grief is just recognizing that we're 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 getting used to this this thing being with us. Yeah. It's not a matter of leaving it behind. Yeah. Because it's something that we are going to have to take with us because it's a, it's connected to memory. It's connected to spirit. And that those are things that are everlasting. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. And in connection to like expectation versus reality, the expectation was even as, you know, wild as you might think it is, that your parent is going to be here forever. Right. But you have to sit with the reality that they're not. And in the same way that you have to grieve that, there's the expectation like, all right, well, my career is going to be everything. Uh My journey there is I I chose I chose something that I want to do. 
Of course, everything to that point is going to be dope. That is incorrect. <laughs> like the journey here has been so tumultuous, right? But I know that I'm stepping into something great. And one thing my wife continuously told me during this whole journey was, you must be on the journey of something great if you've had to go through so many things and so many people are going to benefit from your gift. Yeah. But you have to make sure that your gift has been truly honed in order for all these people to be blessed by it. It was, it was, that was kind of the biggest one where I'm like, all right, like I'm doing, she basically is saying there's going to be a lot of people who will be remiss if you're not in the position that you're supposed to be in. Right. So don't let all those people down just because this journey has been not what you anticipated. Right. But also, who told you that it was going to be? <laughs> in the first place yeah so yeah. it's a reality check it's like yo buckle up yeah a lot of a lot of like mental health conversations are always kind of geared towards like flip your perspective <laughs> and like look at it from a positive point of view but like it's gonna suck a little bit sometimes yeah but anything worth doing Right, the the journey getting there is going to be a little tumultuous, and that's life. Like, I, I, <laughs> a lot of people don't like the realest type conversations, but like it, it gets to the point where that's how you got to view it. Right. But if you're doing something that is sustaining and and feeds your spirit, it won't it won't be your demise. That's good. That's good, man. Man, appreciate you coming through. Appreciate you sharing your story. Appreciate you dropping the gems. Appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm all definitely gonna have to bring you back. I've been trying. I'm trying to move in person, so I might have to fly you out here or something. Hey, know. man. If you got, if you got it, I'm coming, Clay. I, I, I don't got it. Okay, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. That's all right. I appreciate you. Um, and yeah, man. I think what you shared um, will resonate with a lot of listeners. And, um, I think just has a lot of through lines to a lot of different situations. Um, and so, man, I appreciate you once again. Um, but yeah, y'all, that closes this episode. Remember, come back every Friday. Um, we got a few more episodes in this season, a few more stories that we're going to hear. Um, and so really excited to continue to hear these stories of healing from other brothers. Uh, remember, breathing is a black man, is an act of resistance. All right, y'all, keep heart. Peace. Appreciate it.